We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to Talk the Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Happy Casual Friday, everybody. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very much for locking in, whether this is finding your ears on Spotify or, or Apple, or you're watching us on YouTube. My man, Joe Yurden, Casual Friday is always favorite show of the week i only do two of them so i mean it's <laughs> I, so you're saying i'm better than the other show that's, you're better than nice. the other show which sometimes <laughs> is me solo <laughs> what's going on buddy how you doing man i'm doing good um yeah i don't know it it's it's been like a, a weird wind down from the birthday on saturday this past saturday so i've just been kind of in a fog not like a drunken fog hangover for days fog just kind of like a everything was everything was whatever so yeah so yeah but it's nice uh it's nice to kind of just wind down from that and not have to think about getting older for a little bit so it's nice it's nice i'll take it i celebrated your birthday last saturday by not drinking with you that's how i celebrated (laughs) your birthday i was in i was in south buffalo i told you about it i I think it was Mm -hmm. the next day sunday i was uh contemplating because i i think i seen a tweet at some point when you were out but um yeah yeah, I was I, at that point. I was not really uh, in too good a condition to go anywhere else. I got, anyway, I gotta ask you, where did you end up going? South Buffalo, man. Molly's, this okay. little dumpy oh. dive bar. I don't want to diss the right. place because it's a lot of fun. It was packed. Right. It's one of those typical. You know how South Buffalo bars, for the most part, are. They're mm-hmm. neighborhood little corner dives, but a lot yep. of fun. Very busy. A lot of socializing, uh, dancing. It was a good time, man. It was a good nice. time for sure. So, yeah, I uh, sell wait, a, a bar with dancing. Yeah, wow. yeah. I don't, I don't know that I ever see dancing unless it's somebody who's thrown back. You're going to the wrong. The you're going style, to the wrong you know? bars, then, bro. I, I guess not that I'm gonna <laughs> dance. I'm never gonna dance. That's that is not my that is not my game, man. But <laughs> man, that's weird. I, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not like I'm going to clubs. You know, I'm not. Me neither. Not, not hitting the sky bar or anything like that. Yeah, like we're that we're too old for that shit, man. Yeah, Let our I'm younger. Just, Younger listeners and, and Dude, viewers what, do that. Once I figured out that uh, dive bars were more my speed, then I stayed at that speed. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't need to. You know, dive bars, sports bars, and just you know, beer bars. That's that's about it. I've been a dive bar guy for a long time now, and most mm-hmm. single. You know, and I'm I'm not a single guy looking for for, for chicks, but 
even if you are, those are the cool places anyway to, to, to go meet people. I think I hate clubs. You don't catch me yeah, dead at a club anymore. No, I, it's like the music's like the least offensive part of the club. It's, yeah, you know, wearing nice, super nice clothes that are just not your style. I mean, not my style anyway, but maybe, maybe, maybe they could be my style. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have to wear a button down shirt that's unbuttoned to like the middle of my chest and, you know, just. <laughs> Have, Pat, that, have Pat, that gross Pat, hair sticking out, you know? Pat Moran and Joe Yurden, two <laughs> aging guys right now complaining about younger clubs to our probably mostly younger audience. You got you to gotta love that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. A decent segue anyway, because I want to get right into things. We'll talk some Sabres. We'll talk Bills. This week's starting five draft, we're going to do best Will Ferrell movies. That'll be fun. But we're talking about younger people, younger crowds, clubs, stuff like that. 15 years ago, this is where I want to start because this week, and, and I didn't know it until I saw it on Twitter, but once I saw it on Twitter, I watched the video over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. 15 years ago this week was the famous Buffalo Sabres, Ottawa Senators um, brawl, line brawl, whatever you want to call it. Everybody on the ice was fighting. And of course, going back to that day, that was 2007, right? Yeah, 2007. For, yep. Yeah, for people who don't remember, Chris Neal hit um, Drury, Chris Drury with a really vicious elbow, and it, it was bad. He was bleeding on the ice. I remember the image very well, and again, I was reminded this week on the, on the anniversary of it watching the video, and sure enough, Lindy Ruff completely lost his shit, and then on the very next shift, he, uh, he sent out Andrew Mayer and Andrew Peters and Patrick Coletta and, you know, predictably hell ensued, (laughs) you know, the puck dropped and (laughs) they just started going at it right away. And of course that ultimately led to, uh, Ray Emery and Marty Baron fighting, which was, uh, it didn't go over (laughs) kudos to Marty Baron, but you know, Ray Emery was a, Ray (laughs) Ray Emery was a fighter and it did not, uh, it did not go very well for him. But anyway, well, that's why Andrew Peters stepped in for him too. He's he like, did. no, 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 no. I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, no, we'll, we'll get to no, that. no, no. Well, <laughs> I, I'll tell you because I didn't see it at the time, but you know how MSG has those Beyond the Blue series, which are oh, yeah. very well mm-hmm. done. Michelle Girardi, she, I mean, she's so good. But I never saw that one. And again, this week on the anniversary, I'm watching that video. And then like the next video up was that. And I, had, and I watched it and it was, Duffers sitting down with them with Andrew Peters and Coletta and Adam Mayer and Baron. And they talked about, you know, everything going into what led up to that and just that rivalry and, you know, the fight and all that stuff. And it's just, it, it really got me thinking because the fans were just losing their shit, going absolutely crazy. Yeah. The fans were on fire and it's just so different. Now I won't talk about things being different now in a few minutes, but I got and like you weren't living in Buffalo yet because I no. think you moved here a handful of years later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, very well for following the Sabers back then. You're a hockey guy too, so mm-hmm. you you know a, a ton about it. What do you remember from that? Again, 15 years, and by the way, 15 years have flown by because I don't feel like 15 years to me sometimes. You said 15 years, and then I'm just like, oh, that's like 2002, right? That's like no, it's 2007, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> right. No, it can't be. But yeah, it's uh, that was that whole thing was just very weirdly organic, you know, because because Buffalo and Ottawa for those couple of years were really at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. Like that was 
that was a budding nasty rivalry like up there with the flyers like that was that that's how that sort of set up because you know they met in the playoffs two years in a row in 06 and in 07 you know and ottawa got the better of them in 07 but um it was just so on point to see two teams that you know you meet in the playoffs you know that that lights a fuse for a few years sure you know and you know that that 06 series i don't i don't really remember it being a physically nasty series i remember there being pardon me clear my throat there geez i don't know what's going on here but um <laughs> i remember that 06 series being like it was intense like that was a very intense series and uh it was it was one where it made i think it was the 06 series against ottawa that made people really hate brian smolinski because he had the the cockiest smile when he scored a goal i forget what game it was when he scored a goal late that you know he thought sealed the game up for ottawa and buffalo ended up coming back and i think buffalo ended up winning in overtime maybe i don't i this is where this is where me not being here my you know, sure yeah memories get a little bit fuzzy but uh but like the, the when the fuse gets lit in the playoffs like that that stuff holds over you know in a regular season and anything and that was seeing that erupt was just kind of like whoa whoa all right okay regular season you know throwdown like that you don't see stuff like that normally happen i mean it, every once in a while you'll see a couple of teams just you know both get get out of the uh you know the gray days of february and just decide screw it we're fighting but like that was born out of meeting each other in the playoffs and having that history and you know when when you run a guy who's basically the captain you know i mean it's it's chris drury he's one of the you know him and briere were the best players on the team and Chris Neal was not exactly the best player on the Ottawa team. Uh, he, he, well, he's good, at, very good at a couple of things: throwing body checks and throwing dirty hits. Is what Chris Neal was good at, uh, and that was one that he threw at, at Drury. And it was filthy. Thought, like, it was filthy. There's, uh, there's, there's no defending. Brutal it. hit. Brutal hit. No, yeah, zero defending it. And yeah, like that was the proper response. Now the funny thing is. Lindy Ruff does that now and sends sends out a line like that right after an incident. He's probably getting fined. He might even get a suspension from the league for doing that because it's like, oh, it's, I can't you can't be taking the law in your own hands. It's like, I guess <laughs> you know, like I I, I suppose so. Um, but like that was, you know, it those moments really. That's like in that like the bridging area era for me, where you know, growing up with you know with the '80s hockey, where it was high scoring, high hitting, very punchy, like lots of fights. You know, every team had a guy that was just like, okay, they're, you know, this team's coming to town. You know, our heavyweight and their heavyweights, they're gonna meet at some point. Sure. And you know that 07, 06, 07, like that era was over, but there were still some holdover guys. There were still some guys that had come up through that era or they had grown up at that time or, you know, maybe they were rookies, you know, towards the, towards the end of that. And that, that was, Colette, that was Coletta's first game. That was his, any, that was his debut. Wow. I believe that's what I saw on which I did not know. Wow. And I don't, I didn't remember until I watched it. What a, what a baptism. <laughs> it felt, you know, it, Joe, I would say that I would use a comparison for this and I don't want to use anyone on the Sabres because quite frankly, I don't think most fans care about the Buffalo Sabres all too much right now, but they very much care about the Buffalo Bills. 
back in those days, back in those days, like it was all oh, that level. Well, it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, dude, it was like people, how they feel about the Buffalo Bills right now, man. It's like how they feel about the, the, the team right now, the Bills, not the Sabres. And I would say this would be the equivalent, like the New England Patriots are a rival. It would be the equivalent uh, of Matthew Judon rushing Josh Allen and uh, taking a dirty cheap shot and trying to take his knee out. You know what I mean? The reaction from fans would be the same right now if somebody tried doing that to Josh Allen. So, again, I mean, some things are borderline dirty. And if you're the, you know, if it's a saber who's doing the dirty, you could try to defend it. But there's not really, in this case, there just, there wasn't any defending it at all, man. It was just, uh, it, it was really dirty, man. And, yeah. And it set, yeah. it set off the shit storm. And you, it's kind of like when you know a fight's coming because you knew a fight was coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure well, as shit. Know, Lindy was about ready to jump on the ice himself and yeah. throw some punches. He went. I uh, he, he went nuts. He 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 did go nuts. Uh, for people who are watching this on YouTube, well, he's already he he tried climbing up and then he kind of fell down, which he's lucky he didn't hurt himself. But he just continued screaming at Brian Murray, mm-hmm. and uh, it went on. But if you're Marty Baron, man, and you and you got to score up with Ray Emery, man, uh, you know no. it's not going to go well. But hey, you know, no. <laughs> props to Baron, though. I mean, he 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 did what he had to do. Yeah, and I mean, he could have been worse. He had a weird. He had a bit of a smile on his face, probably because he was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And could, even right, you know, even that picture, the the picture we've got on the on on the YouTube video for this, like Ray, even Ray Emery's smiling. He's Ray, Ray's probably smiling for a different reason. Ray's probably like, I'm going to beat your ass into the ground. This is not even going to be close. And if nobody remembers Ray Emery, you know, the, or the late Ray Emery, I should say, yeah. you know, horrible, horrible death uh, a couple of years back. But he, um, the way uh, he, he got in trouble when he was with the, uh, the Flyers. Uh, because he had a he had a goalie mask design, and he wanted to put Mike Tyson on the side because he loved boxers. He you know he loved Joe Frazier, you know Ali Tyson, all those guys, and he wanted to put Tyson on his goalie mask. And the league had to be like, dude, the guy just went to jail not that long ago for rape. You can't be putting him on your mask. We're not cool with that. And like he played for Philly, and it's like okay, we'll throw Joe Frazier on the mask. Like that's perfect. You know, Philly Joe Frazier's from Philly. You can't you can't win more you know you can't win more local you know local votes than than by doing that but um, but Ray was Ray would fight uh, and if a goalie ever left their crease during a scrap or something like that Ray would just be like all right let's go it's go time baby let's do this I and, think he uh, could have killed Marty I I think he, he was smiling me. I don't think he 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 wanted to beat him but he didn't he didn't want to we could have put him in the hospital that's yeah. what I'm saying yeah. and he didn't. I, that's the thing. Like the goalies have all the padding, but you know, when you take the helmets off, you know, you're not protecting your head anymore. <laughs> with, with, with Andrew Peters, he, uh, I saw in that beyond the blue and gold special, which again, that aired a couple years ago and I just watched it, but Andrew Peters, I'm pretty sure he said that he didn't even realize cause he was in his own scruff and stuff. I don't even right. think he knew that Baran was fighting him until mm-hmm. the very end. And that's when he made a beeline towards him. And next thing yeah. you know, you got, which I know it's happened before, but I personally can't remember um, a guy just making a beeline for a goalie and, and fighting with him like that. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that one sided either. I mean, Peter's got some good shots in, and Emery again. I got this for people watching on YouTube. I got a 
um, a photo of. He's got a smile on his face as Andrew's trying to tee off on him, man. But yeah. it was just wild seeing a skater, your your goon, Andrew Peters, fighting with a goalie. Which again, considering what happened to Drury, mm-hmm. which is your Josh Allen at that time, it's uh, it was justified, man. It's just so wild. But through all these fights, Joe, I mean, yeah. it's fun to reminisce about what happened. But what I remember most fondly now looking back is just the fans. Again, everyone's on the edge of their seats. And yeah, because of that fight, sure. But I'm just saying it just reminded me, because sometimes we forget because it's been so long now. It just reminded me how electric the arena used to be. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to get to. That that arena was electric almost on a nightly basis back 15 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say the the electric atmosphere at the arena it's it's popped up a few times over the past few years you know that 10 game win streak you sure. know uh, a couple of years back every home game you know especially the 7-1 win over the flyers that they had i think that was like win 8 or 9 in that run uh where they just they mopped the floor with philly and the the every goal the place was just going bonkers and you know the you know the place is packed out i know seems weird compared to now because the place is never packed out but uh, but you know, the fans were going wild. They're doing the, you know, one, two, three, you know, we want more, you know, sure, they're doing yeah, that yeah. stuff. Like, you know, like that, I hear that stuff and it's, it's like a throw, throw over to my college hockey times where, you know, the, you know, the student sections always do that stuff. Sure, after yeah, yeah. Team scores, you know, counting it off, taunting the goalie, like that stuff's fun. Um, but like this, you know, missing out on those times now it's, it's, it's rough. Like, you know, especially because like regular season games can be really tough to, you know, get that kind of feeling into them. And that's all the Sabres have had to, to go on the last 11 years is just regular season. You need to have, you know, try to drum up some kind of hype and, you know, mania for, for regular season games, really tough. And, you know, the fact that that happened then, I mean, you know, help that, you know, the Sabres were suddenly one of the best teams in the NHL and, you know, Ottawa was as well. And, you know, that's a, that's a big tilt. You know, it sounds crazy to hear Buffalo and Ottawa. That's a big, what do you mean? Like, that's crazy. And no, it really was. Sure. You know, uh, you know, I think of like the last few years when, when Zidane Char was with Boston and, you know, Boston would come through and you'd think that, you know, when it was him and Lucic on the team, you'd think that, you know, fans would be booing every time Lucic touched the puck because of what he did to Miller. But no, it was Chara. Chara was the guy that got the, the brunt of the booze because, and it was because of all that stuff in 06 and 07. Like that was that's what really stuck with everybody was was how you know how much of a menace Chara was to deal with. I mean, he's one of the best defensemen that we've seen in the last you know fifteen years. But um, but those memories don't fade. Like that's the, you know that's the thing. Like those those memories don't fade, and the the way people you know wrap their arms around this moment, it you understand why you know. And you think of the things that have happened since then, especially the Lucic Miller thing, which you know it, that. <laughs> That moment to me is what sent this franchise spiraling because they because they tried to get answers for that moment each of like the next two or three off seasons. You know, they go and sign John Scott. They you know doing all these things to try to toughen the team up because they didn't. You know, nobody stood up for for Miller, and you know they were trying to recoup that because of, you know if that happens in 7 I mean, you know, Lindy Ruff is coming down choking somebody. Like that's you know I'm surprised they didn't do it then, honestly. But um, but like that, you know, not having that kind of response, it's, you know, it, it can make people mad. And like Buffalo fans, especially it's, they feed on that stuff. You know, they feed on defending each other and sticking up for each other and, you know, playing physical hockey. Like that's, 
that's something that, you know, Buffalo, Boston, Philly, like those cities like that, like if their teams are playing physical and playing well, fans eat it up. Yeah. Like everybody loves that stuff. You know, it sounds weird to say that about certain cities and teams, but that's totally the case. You know, like if you have, you know, if the Bruins were like a, you know, a, a highly skilled, but not physical team, like people would enjoy it, but it wouldn't have the same oomph, you know, same for Philly. Philly's always had like a couple of guys that were really rough around the edges and it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Like steer clear because they got X, Y, and Z guy. Like, you know, Buffalo was, you know, they had a whole line, you know, essentially like a whole lineage of guys that were just like, Whoa, we got to back up here. You know, it starts with, it starts with Rob Ray and it goes, you know, you got Brad May, you get, you know, Barnaby, you know, then it comes into, you know, the new era, you got Peters, you've got Coletta and those guys. And it's like, you weren't running, you weren't, running a foul with those guys buzzing about like that was just not something that was going to happen the you know, boogeyman were, bob boogner was oh <laughs> man that's oh, <laughs> another guy boogner. too yeah God, boogner was so good yeah you know, i mean he was so good at like laying it like laying the body and just you know play <laughs> you know playing physical and just being like nobody's nobody's going inside you know nobody's going to do anything wrong while i'm out here you know what was the, the um as good as that fight was and if you're a fan and you're like in your, and there's the uh, there's the weekly Joe uh, Joe Yurden fire alarm outside of his I, house. I be- don't like that because because now my microphone turns all the way up because it wants to get the sound of the sirens fully. <laughs> so then I talk and it's like whoa, boom. Anyway, for no. for Saber fans who, if you're in your 20s, like mid 20s, late 20s, you remember fairly well 50 if you've been watching the team for that long, 15 years ago with the Sabers Senators. But I'll tell you, that wasn't the coolest uh, line fight for me or just the goalies, too. For me, it was 1996, and I went back after I was done watching up on all the Ottawa stuff. Like I said, I started getting sentimental and remembering a lot of this stuff. I went back to 1996 when the Sabres played the Flyers at the arena, and holy shit, man, as as crazy as uh, Buffalo, Ottawa was, (laughs) Philly and the Sabres probably hated each other even more. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Barnaby was being who he was doing Matt Barnaby things in front of the net. Somebody <laughs> laid his ass out and he was down and he was acting like he was dead. And, you know, guys around him, shit, Nick Bradmay was out there and mm-hmm. uh, Bugner was out there and they're all kind of, you know, and they're in scrums, but they're not like dropping the gloves and completely fighting yet. And then at one point, a ref's checking on Barnaby when he's down and Garth Snow takes his goalie stick and he pokes Barnaby. And then all of a sudden, Barnaby just drops his gloves, goes flying, and he pummels the shit out of Garth Snow. <laughs> and he's down. Oh, who's the goalie? Truffleoff, I think, was the goalie. I, I, I think that's the goalie. Uh, was it him or was it Steve Shields? No, it was it wasn't Shields. It was, it was Truffleoff. Okay. I was going to say Shields was. He came down while yeah. he was he gave a couple uppercuts to Snow, and then they eventually squared off, and, and Snow got the better of him. And then Rob mm-hmm. Brindamore and, and, and Barnaby went at it for what felt like 15 minutes. But you could see that, I mean, Rick Jennerette's going crazy and you yeah. could see on, uh, you know, just the fans, it was just, it was just an electric moment. But yeah, man, it was, um, it was, it was just funny because Barnaby just looked like he was dead. And then all of a sudden he was fit. He was playing possum basically. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And the second guy Snow yeah. poked him a little bit with his stick. He just jumped up. I tweeted at Mark, Matt Barnaby earlier this week and he goes, mm-hmm. I wish I would have had, or wish I could find a good picture of me punching him. Cause I, I apparently Matt Barnaby's running a book or something. I don't fucking know. But anyway, he, he did he did tweet that, and that fight was crazy. And it's just, dude, you know, it's like again that era, and then they weren't always even great teams, but mm-hmm. the the fans just were they were alive. And again, yeah. going back to the to the two thousand six two thousand seven that era, the fans 
I know you remember in the playoffs, the party in the plazas and and, and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, it was All just the videos uh, of those were wild. Yeah, like, it was wild. It, it was so cool. They would, man. Have the, they would have the playoff games on like cable or you know on ESPN or whatever, and every time there was a Buffalo goal or a goal against, they would cut right, you know, cut right to the party, you know, the plaza party to get the reaction, and it was it was like whoa. Like these people are outside watching the game, like that's or just like listening to the game on the radio and react. I mean, it's, it was it's not, so I mean, cool. I'm pretty sure you could hear, you know, if somebody scored, you would you would hear the you would hear the crowd from outside. You're I'm on the west side, sure right? You You're on the west side right now. You might have flirted with hearing a, a Sabres <laughs> go all the way from downtown. Well, you wouldn't be here not today because again, I, I feel like partying the plaza crowds and that kind of enthusiasm. We're a long way from that right now. You know, I mean, well, again, I mean, yeah. we've, we've talked about it on this show plenty. There is some hope for optimism with these good young players, but look, man, you got win some more games. You know, I, I get it. Again, <laughs> neither of us expect them to be a contender right now or a playoff mm -hmm. team or even a legitimate, serious playoff contender. But, you know, injuries, COVID, goaltending, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Bottom line, bro. 52 games they played this year. They I think they got 16 times they've walked off with the W. You know, 16 times in in 52 games. They've lost four in a row. Uh they've lost uh was it seven of their last nine. Wednesday night in Montreal, one of the more I mean, Montreal's played better of late. Uh, I think that yeah, was like their fourth straight. They're a much win. different team now with Marty St. Louis yeah, coaching. Yeah, yeah. So, I can't believe Marty St. Louis is a coach now. Oh yeah, my god. This, yeah. this, this is the stuff that ages me even more. Your birthday. Marty oh, St. Louis, a coach. God. Yeah, you're getting old, bro. But I watched Marty play in friggin' college, man. Like <laughs> it wasn't a pretty it was, Wednesday night was a pretty embarrassing. I thought it was anyway. It was a pretty embarrassing effort. Game. Let me ask you one yeah. question, Joe. I want to ask you one question because I'm confused by this. Mm -hmm. I know that Granado's trying to find lines at work. I understand that. And Kyle Poso mm -hmm. right now is out with a non-COVID illness. And I see the line combinations, and you know, we go through them in our head a lot. And we still are waiting, you know, Quinn will be back at some point, Paterka, and Gergensen isn't back. Um, yeah. And again, Akposa, but that second line, which he ran at practice and, and then played, um, three center, Krebs, Middlestat, and, and Cousins. Those are, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking over the last couple of weeks, whether it's you and I on this podcast or I'm just talking to other Sabre fans, I'm like, oh, we got Thompson, we got Krebs, we got, we got four good centers. We put three of them on the same line. Huh? Now I know these guys move around a little bit and and stuff like that, but it just, I don't know, felt weird. Does it feel like to you, since Middlestack came back, it's like they kind of don't know what to do to make it fit. By the way, Olison too, I should have mentioned him. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, I mean, is it Middlestack coming back and they just don't know how to make these lines work? What do you think is going on? Why do you got three setters on the same line is what I'm asking you. <laughs> uh, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. You know, same, same position, all one line. Like that's, that's a video game move for me where you're just kind of like, oh, I don't have enough guys in this position. Oh, screw it. Just put them all here. Um, but you know, they, they've, they've, they've moved those centers around and had them, some of them play wing from time to time, you know, you know, every, all three of those guys, you know, middle stats play time in the wing. Krebs has cousins has like, they all have, you know, this is, this is the time of the year where Don should be doing weird stuff, you know, just to see what works, try it out, see if it works, if it sticks. Fair. Cool. If it doesn't, it blow it up. Last night, that line lasted not even a whole period. Right. Like, you know, because I mean, it helped that they got down early, but like he pulled that line apart, pr you know, pretty early on in the game. Cause I think it was, it's, it's totally a let's see what they, let's see if they can, let's see if we spark something here. You know, like, like 
you know, I've heard, you know, I've listened to some stuff lately. You know, I, I heard Rob Ray on with, with Bulldog this week uh, talking about, I think they got talking about that, you know, 2007 Ottawa thing where he's, he's, he's in the, uh, between the benches listening to Lindy and, and Brian Murray screaming at each other. And that was funny. It was an underrated moment during all that. Yeah. <laughs> the picture you showed with, with Razor standing right there, just like mm, kind of covered okay. his covered his microphone a little bit too. Or his uh <laughs> well, yeah, hang on his, his, his. I, well the thing the thing is uh Ray said uh that he had RJ in his ear telling him to cover up the microphone because they didn't want any swears getting out of the right. air. And I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But also like they're gonna hear it anyways, man. There's sure. not enough. His razor's got big hands. He's not gonna muffle out all that sound. But um but yeah, it's you know, th this this time of year for for the Sabres, just try try stuff out. There's there's no need to to really get stuck on things. You know, Don had said I think it was about a week ago saying that you know, hey, like none of these lines are written in stone. You know, even the you know the Tuck Thompson Skinner line, he was just kind of like he's like you know we could jumble some things around there just to kind of see what's happening, what works and whatnot. And, listen, this is the season to do it. You know, if you, if, you know, if you're down the road, you know, next season or the season after, and they become a really good team, you don't want to tinker with, with stuff like that and find out, you know, things that, you know, later on where, you know, you're trying to win games down the stretch and you, you can't really play all loose and free like that and just be like, ah, screw it. Three centers on a line. Let's see if it works. Like you can't, you can't do stuff like that. It, all these young forwards, they've, you know, whether they were centers or wingers, they've gotten time at both positions, you know, like that's, that's just the way they done it. They did it with Quinn for a little bit uh, in Rochester last year. Uh, you know, cousins has gotten time on the wing, you know, not regularly, but like enough. Uh, Krebs has played it, you know, played on the wing occasionally here, just, you know, just because they're trying to ease up on the defensive responsibility of playing center, because there's a weakness right now in Krebs's game. It's probably his defensive work, but again, he's the kid, you know, yeah. like that, that's, you're going to have the, you're going to have these growing pains and these kinds of things happening. So I, I, you know, listen, I, I didn't like seeing it. I, you know, honestly, I didn't like seeing it, but I, but I get it. I totally get it. Like try, try stuff out, see if it works. I mean, listen, trying stuff out and see if it works is how you get Thompson, you know, be becoming your number one center playing great. Like that's, that's the way that works. Sometimes stuff is going to play out great and it's going to work. Sometimes it just doesn't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, I'm back with Jill Yurden, and we're going to switch gears here. I want to talk a little bit of Buffalo Bills, and more specifically, so, Joe, on Tuesday, and I'm sure you probably didn't get a chance to to watch the show because nobody who ever is on the show watches the show unless they're on the show. That's what Joe from Queens, oh, I'm sorry, Buffalo Wins told me. Um, but anyway, seriously, I never I, watch the, I never watch my own episodes. I can't stay. Yeah. You know what? I'm not a big fan of it either. Really? I'm not a big fan of it either. I've been doing it lately because we've been doing some video stuff and I'm trying to see what works, what doesn't work lately, stuff like that. But yeah, most part, I don't even watch my own episodes back or listen to them. I'm just going to be honest with you. But anyway, all right. So I, I did an episode where I had fans send in tweets and I asked people to send me your biggest bold off season bills, predictions, Buffalo bills, predictions, and got a lot of them. You know, a lot of them were trading for big time defensive ends or, you know, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, fun to talk about. Might not happen, but at least it's fun to talk about. Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings, good buddy of mine, mm-hmm. tweeted. And, and I want to talk about this one specifically because I think, and it's not bold, and which is kind of, I, I think, the point. I think this is the thing that's most likely to happen. I'm going to throw it up here. On the screen, I'll read it. Anthony Marino tweeted this. I want to get your reaction. My bold prediction is that the Bills do nothing bold. Sign a bunch of vets looking to get a ring to minimum to minimum type contracts to fill the holes on the roster. And I'm like, well, that's kind of boring, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, the more I think about it, I think that that realistically could happen, man. I mean, you're, I think based on what we've seen from Brandon Bean, at least last year. I mean, a couple of years ago, Brandon Bean was a lot more aggressive in pursuing talent in free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like in 2019 when they went after like John Brown and Cole Beasley and, and players like they did a lot in free agency. And then 2020 is when they traded for Stefan Diggs. But last mm-hmm. year was more about let's take care of our own. Like they, re- they uh, extended Deion Dawkins they re-signed Matt Milano. They re-signed Daryl Williams. You know, they're, they're core players. They invested in their core players. And they filled a couple holes through free agency. Like, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. And, because, uh, they you know, John Brown was gone. So, they had to get a receiver. One-year guy. They got to sign a lot of guys to one- and two-year deals. You know, Effie Obata is somebody that they brought in from Carolina to play defensive end. And that didn't really work out too well. Um, but my point was, is they really weren't, they weren't splashy in free agency. You know, mm-hmm. they was about re-signing their own, extending a couple of their guys and just drafting. And then they went into the draft 
and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I mean, they drafted two defensive ends. One of them for sure looks like a good starter. They got Spencer Brown in the third round, came back, so they took two tackles, two defensive ends. That was their strategy, you know, continue to build on the draft. You look at this offseason right now, and plus, we need to say this as well. The Bills, well, any team could get creative. They could push money back. They could restructure. You can always create money. This is the NFL, man. They just kick the can down the road is like the model for most Salary teams. cap is a figment of everybody's Yeah, it's, it's a myth, and a lot of people say that. And to some extent, I think it is true. But when it comes to the Bills this offseason, what do you think the play is going to be? Not necessarily what you think it should be, because I know we both mm-hmm. have opinions on that, but how do you think Brandon Bean is going to play this offseason? Because you're looking at a team that's on the cusp. They are literally right now the Vegas favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, which mm-hmm. means absolutely freaking zero to me. But, I mean, <laughs> the point is is that they're considered a, a front runner next year. Do you think this is a, a year where Brandon Bean should go out and try to get a Stefan Diggs via trade, you know, in a different position? Or do you say, let's just continue to take care of their own bill for the long term and uh, just continue? You want draft picks. You don't want to give them up. What What do you think Brandon Bean's thinking right now? I'm thinking because they don't really have to do a lot of tinkering. Let's let's be honest. This team's set up very well. Right. Uh, but there are a couple of positions where you could say, well, we can use some help. You know, I, th- I think, you know, the lot, you know, both lines are one of it. You know, if edge rusher, you know, they've talked about that. Um you know, receiver, I depends on what they do with Beasley and whatever. And, you know, I think they, they seem set with Diggs and, and uh, Gabe Davis. So, like, you don't really have to mess with a lot of that stuff. Running back, I don't know. Singletary seemed to play really well at the end of the season once they decided, like, oh, hey, we can run the ball too. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, but if you have a position that they – if there's a position they feel that they have, you know, maybe not a huge weakness at, but, like, that's a little bit softer than the others. If there's an opportunity to go get a – maybe not necessarily like a home run, but like somebody who's like an upper, upper level, upper tier guy, strike for it, you know, go for it. If there, if somebody's going to trade you an edge rusher, or if there's somebody out there that, you know, is unhappy in their situation, make a run at it, you know, take a shot, take a swing because, you know, listen, Bean kind of dropped the ball deadline trade deadline this past season. You know, he didn't upgrade, you know, didn't get any help. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not even upgrading position. He didn't do anything. Um, and there were obvious holes that, that could have been not, if not filled, then, you know, just added depth to it to make it better. The O line obviously was one. Um, but it's, you know, you don't, he doesn't have to do a ton, you know, everything's right there and in place, you know, I mean, like what's, what's their big off season shopping list looking like what another punter. Ooh, okay. The team that never wants to punt is going to go get another punter because, you need somebody who can actually do it when they're called upon, you know, like that's, that's, you know, like that's, that's, that's like a basic thing, but you know, I think they're too hard I, to find a punter. I think they're going to look more than, than a punter. I would say for me, and I think a lot of people are overthinking things right now. And it, sometimes it just stares you in the face. Last year it was defensive end and they went draft heavy with them. Plus again, they signed Obata. I think, cornerback is going to be a position this year that they're going to target whether it is uh for well first of all you got trey white so and he had his it's like a nine to 12 month injury so that puts him back at the earliest august so i mean you're flirting with you know a month away from the season starting assuming everything goes well and that's on the the short end of his recovery so you got a guy coming off major acl levi wallace is a free agent and this is what i'm kind of talking about where Brandon Bean might say, 
We're assuming, do you remember, if we would have taped this, we haven't been doing this show, you and I, for quite a year, but I, I'm pretty confident if we were doing this this time last year and we discussed Matt Milano, we would have been saying goodbye, Matt Milano, because yeah. people were saying he's going to get you know $16 million, his five-year mm-hmm. deal somewhere else, and he's going to go get himself paid. And what happened? He didn't even hit free agency. He signed a yeah. four-year, I think, $44 million deal, something like that. He's getting like $11, $12 million a year. But my point being, he's got a little bit less than what the mark, what we thought, based on what we read and, and heard and saw. He wanted to be here, and he stayed. Levi Wallace, right now the projections are him getting $8, 9000000 million a year. If that happens, see you later. Good, I, I like yeah. Levi Wallace, but the Bills aren't yeah, going to pay him, nor should they pay him. They already, yeah. they already spent too much money in their secondary between Trey and Poyer and Hyde and Teron Johnson. Mm-hmm. But my point is this. They might have a, a pretty good focus on trying to get Levi Wallace back, taking care of their own. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. So even if so, if they lose him, now you got uh, an injured Trey White coming back and Dane Jackson. That's it. They're going to sign a veteran in free agency, especially mm-hmm. if they lose Levi Wallace. That might be one of those bigger... Uh, Splashy signings. Now I don't know specifically who it might be. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep that first round pick, Joe. I'd be mm-hmm. willing to bet right now. My money. I know people say edge and line and receiver. My money right now. If this draft was tomorrow, the Bills are drafting a cornerback with the first round. They might draft a cornerback in the second round too, just like mm-hmm. they went back to back positions twice last year in the draft. So yeah, that yeah. Way. I you know I. I I hadn't thought about that position at all because I just automatically think, well, you got Trey White, you're good. Not that I forgot about the injury. I know, you know that's right, yeah, like right, right. ACLs are ACLs are rough, and you know, recovering from that is tough, especially when you run. You got to be fast like that. Like that's it's asking a lot. But I, it's not like I'm. I, I wouldn't be sweating him. You know, getting in proper. You know, getting proper rehab and getting in proper right, shape for that. right, right, but, right, right. But yeah, the. Um, possibly losing a, another corner, you know, possibly losing Levi Wallace on free agency is, I mean, that's tricky because, you know, I, I remember when, when they recently, when they gave Teron Johnson that extension, everybody's like, Oh, they got the best nickel back in the league. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's cool. Like, and you, you, they gave him a bunch of money for it too. Like, that's great. Like, you know, everybody plays nickel now. So like, that's, you know, I, that, that's fine. But in my old school mind, I'm just kind of like, yeah, but can he play normal corner too? Because he might need to do that. You know, is he good at playing straight up, you know, regular on the outside? The yeah, not his yeah. thing, but yeah, no, I, right. I, I, so, yeah, you know, so like, I mean, you, you give a bunch of money like that, I'm always kind of like, that's that seems like a luxury spend, you know, like giving Saran Neal a giant, a nice, you know, very nice deal for straight good for him. But like he's mostly on your special teams, like you know. And I get, I get, you know, great special teams players is a very touchy subject in Buffalo. I understand. It but still like, is. It still yeah. is. Right now, today, as we tape this, it still is. So Ron Neal, there was something on Twitter, Joe. I just kind of want to piggyback what you're talking about. Yeah. This being a a touchy subject, I, I can't remember. He was interviewed by somebody, and he said that he he don't expect anybody to talk about the squib kick. What happened? The communication, he said, don't don't bother. He basically insinuated, don't bother asking because nobody on this team is going to talk and tell and tell no. what happened. Okay, I mean, good Just luck saying. with that. <laughs> good luck with that. You know, I mean, people are going to ask about it. They're going to you know. keep asking as they should. Right. But anyway, right. I mean, it's, you're not doing your job as a reporter if you don't ask about. Right. It. Hey, what happened in that really dumb moment in the really big game? Like, you know, can you tell me what went down there? 
But I mean, you know, Saran Neal, he's, you know, he's, a, he's a depth secondary guy, but I mean, you know, I, I think towards the end of the year, anytime that he had to step in in the secondary, he was taking a bad penalty. You know, it's like, okay, man, like back, you know, worry about kicks and punts and, and getting downfield first and all that. But like, that's, I mean, spending money like that. And listen, I, I, like I said, figment of your imagination is what the cap is. Like that's, it's all fake. It's all fake. D- don't even believe that it's there. You know, when the Cowboys and Niners, when they first put the cap in place, started being like, yeah, but who cares? You know, just spend money, get in the playoffs and, and take a shot, take a swing for the play, for the Super Bowl. Like that's, that's the spot the Bills are in right now. You don't need to be frugal about things you don't need to do any you know just be like pinch pennies around you know here and there just no like that they're not in the position to do that stuff so they're not going to be the rams the i don't know it's just not it's not brandon beans it's just not his his thing i can't see them going crazy in free agency i can't see him giving up first round picks multiple first round picks for a guy it would be nice it would be nice to get a you know an elite pass rusher via trade it would be nice to sign someone like that. It would be nice to make that big, big move, and you could just you did you just did justify why, but I I just don't think they're going to do it. I think Saran Saran Neal resigning, who they gave him the biggest contract for a special teams player in the NFL just this past week, and he is an elite special teams player who could do some things at corner. You don't want him out there starting. You know, if he's got to you play know, a series like or a two, safety yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it's what he is. Exactly what he is. He's that backup nickel. But I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced that I, I think they're going to have a, an offseason similar to the last one. Resigning Harrison Phillips, I think is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a priority. It's going to be uh, resigning Wallace, maybe resigning um, Isaiah McKenzie. That's another one. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> well, does he even stay? Like that's that's the thing. Does Isaiah McKenzie even stay? You know, I think I think that's that to me is a really interesting conversation. You're gonna to have, have to pay him. Because, They're gonna have know, to pay like, him. Well, a you have to pay him. B you have to find a place to put him in the lineup because if you're, I think everybody's expecting that Beasley's got to get bought out, but maybe brought back in at a lower, you know, at less money. I don't. I, but like I'm in the minority. I mean, if they do that. Where are you putting McKenzie then? Like, are you gonna go four wide all the time? Like, I you can't. I mean, you can. But like, I'm in the minority, yeah. Joe. I I think Cole Beasley's done in Buffalo. I don't yeah, th- I don't I, think he wants to be. I don't think he wants to be. It's not the football team. It's not the football players. Yeah. It's not the teammates. I just, without getting into another conversation, yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't think he wants to be in the state of New York anymore. Yeah. So but, I think he's yeah. going to be on, and. So we'll see him with the Dolphins then soon or the Texans or (laughs) go back to Dallas. Maybe go back to Dallas, maybe play for Houston. I don't know. I could see him for Florida or Texas team if that's what you're in. Well, not Jacksonville, but I I think a guy like I think they would like to get McKenzie back. I again though, if you're gonna re-sign your own, I mean, Mm -hmm. and then then you got extensions, guys who are gonna be coming up soon. You got uh Dawson Knox is going into the last year of his contract, Jordan Poyer, ditto. Tremaine Edmonds is fifth year, which is a whole other conversation that's, because you're yeah, that's, that's right. But my point is they might decide, Hey, let's lock them up. I'm not saying they're going mm-hmm. to, I'm just saying it, it's possible. They could, um, I think well, Mitch I mean, Morris I is going think, in. Maybe they want to redo a deal for Mitch Morris. Who was really good yeah. this year. He's mm-hmm. going in the final year of his deal. Maybe they want to bring Jerry Hughes back for one more year at three or $4 million. Cause he still has value. 
I think he brought a lot of pressure last year. That's the thing. Like he was, he didn't get to the, like he wasn't getting sacks, but he got a ton was, of pressure. He was way better than what his stats indicated for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting joked. <laughs> it's, it's a busy, busy day in the neighborhood. It's a busy, busy fire day in, uh, <laughs> on the West side today. Anyway, I, I'm just, I'm more, I'm more amped to thinking that that's how the bills are going to approach this off season. I think they might yeah. plug a couple holes in free agency, very similar to last year. I don't see them giving up draft picks for, for veterans and in, in trade. I just, I don't see it, man. I'm not saying I don't want them to do it. I'm not yeah. saying if they could find the, the defensive end or the cornerback version of Stefan Diggs and they got to give up their first and their third mm -hmm. fucking do it, man. I will be, yeah. I will be on my feet clapping and cheering for it to happen. I mm -hmm. just don't think it's going to. I, I, the bills are in a, they're in a spot right now where they would be justified in doing that. Absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. But they're also in a spot where if, if the opportunity is there to do that this year and they don't do it, they come up short again. Then you're saying, okay, we'll do it this next year. And then at that point has, has things have things slid maybe a little bit too far. You yeah. know, like I think that's, I, you know, that's not like a doomsday thought. And I think that's a, and I think that's a and proper way to look at it because every year weird shit can happen. You and know? your quarterback's yeah. going to get $40 million in come yeah. 2023. And this year is cap. It's like right. 18 or something very that's manageable. What I mean, like, that's where I think like if, if, if you, if you pulled a, not even a full Rams, I just mean like a half Rams, you know, not, you know, don't, you know, don't give up everything that you can to, to fill out every position, but like, if that's what I was saying, like if there's if there's a position where there's somebody that you can get that is going to make you immediately better at that spot yeah. and become an immediate game changer, do the trade. Yeah, do it. Like, just do it and don't look back. <laughs> and don't go full Rams. <laughs> that was funny. All right, yeah, the Rams might be a. We're, we're talking about just the philosophy of the Rams. The Bills are not in the same position in the Rams because the Rams needed a quarterback, so they gave up the farm to get one. Hey. Dude, you got a Super Bowl ring. It already paid right. off. I don't give right. a shit if you could go. It's already, own, yeah, you already won. You could like, suck for the next five years. You got your Super Bowl ring. Nine out of ten Bills fans would sign up for one Super Bowl and then five or six years of sucking immediately after. I sure as hell know that I would. But the Besides, Rams. What, what are the Lions going to do with the, with the draft picks? Are they going to make the Rams look bad for doing it? No, of course not. No, absolutely. Please. Absolutely. Not. The, the 32nd pick is going to be a, a difference maker for the, for the lions. That's going to put them in the super bowl. No, <laughs> but it, lions have a thousand problems. If you want to go full Rams. And again, the bills don't have a need at any position like the Rams did at quarterback. But if you want to go Rams, this is, if there's ever a year to do it, it's going to be this year. Because again, I don't know that you're going to be more favored. Yeah. You got cat. You got, I mean, they're not in good cap shape, but again, Joe, that's a bunch of bullshit. They could do what right. they got to do. They need if they want a player, they can go get them. Yeah, if they can get other deals, do you know, do do whatever. If there's ever a case to go get a shutdown corner to play with Trey White, or if there's ever a case to go get a guy who could get you 15 sacks, uh, Danell Hunter is a great defensive end for Minnesota. He immediately comes to mind. You could trade for a guy like that, or you want to say, hey, you know what? Let's just make this <laughs> offense ridiculous. Let's go get a, a wide receiver that's just unstoppable to play with. with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Calvin, mm -hmm. that's a perfect name. You go get a Calvin Ridley and you have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis or Calvin fucking Ridley. Are you kidding me? And mm -hmm. Dawson Knox. Good luck. You're Good not luck, gonna, everybody else. You're not going to give up a first round pick and you know worry, to worry about the future in the future? No. Got to do it, man.
It's going to be that, fun. Yeah, I love that you picked out a Minnesota, a guy playing for the Vikings. I'm sure the Vikings are very eager to do another trade with the Bills. That's going to make them. That's going to make them look like they got pants. Like well, uh, I'm sure. The, I'm sure the Vikings really want to do that. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you what though. The Vikings got. <laughs> I think that was a win-win trade. Justin Jefferson's a beast, man. So. You know, I, I, he, he's not quite Stefan Diggs, but he's a right, hell of a, That's the point. <laughs> he's a, he, well, it's a trade. It worked out for both teams. It, it worked out for both. All right. But anyway. Yeah, just, you know, I listen, you give me the chance to dunk on the Vikings. I'm going to freaking do yeah, it. Yeah, you're a Lions fan, so I <laughs> should expect nothing less. When you get They're a rare chance. Dumb team in that division, yeah, okay? You get a rare chance to dunk on another team. You especially <laughs> got to take advantage of it. I'll tell you what, by this time next week, we might start to have a little bit well, maybe not next week, but certainly two weeks from now, we'll start to have a little bit of direction on what the Bills might do because mm-hmm. now you're next week we're getting into March. God, free agency. Free, it starts March 16th. God, so it's only two and, a, two and a half weeks away is free agency. And I think the Bills, before, going in before free agency, we're going to see some cuts for sure, some restructuring for sure. And you could trade before free agency. So we'll, I think this will start to take shape. In the next yeah. couple of weeks, maybe, maybe next week we'll spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, it's easy to say, Hey, let's go get a corner. Hey, let's go get a tight end. Hey, let's go get a left guard. Maybe right. we'll start to spend a little more time talking about a couple actually specific possibilities. So, yeah, I think this also be a good time to fire up the whole get Gronk for one more year to play at home. I I, I think I've already right. used that up with people. <laughs> they're, they're pissed off. How, how many, how, how many people have you made mad by a saying lot, that? a lot? Well, guess what, Joe, it's the end of February. Guess who has not retired yet? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I do not mm-hmm. think he's going to, I don't think he's going to resign with Tampa and I would be willing to bet if FanDuel put out odds for Gronk's next team right now, I bet you the bills are at the top of it. Just saying, yeah. just saying. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they be like, they're, <laughs> they're a top five team. They're a Super Bowl favorite. It's home for him. Like, well, because he, like be, because he, because he gave Trey White a cheap shot four years ago. That's why oh, I guess yeah. fans, Listen, he's damned forever and, now. And fans he's don't want to forgive him. I, I promise you, <laughs> try, Trey White would, I don't want to get into this again. Like, <laughs> okay. well, here, well, here's another name for you. Like, what if they got Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry was a, was a douchebag to the Bills a hundred times over. Like, what if that was the guy that falls in your lap to be? I don't, I'd rather have Gronk for two reasons. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like Gronk retires and then you're just kind of like, all right, well, let's go get a guy. Like are Bills fans gonna still be yes. pissed about like Jarvis? Well, yeah, Jarvis Landry did it multiple times. Now, just, just now once. Jarvis Landry essentially more or less ended Aaron Williams's career. Oh, you know, yeah, so that's right. I, yeah. I I don't ever see that. I don't ever see that yeah, happening. That's, that's probably not gonna work then. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. My my bad. That's me not being a Bills fan, not, not being wise to <laughs> You're it. a Bills watcher. We say it that's every right. week. You're a Bills watcher. That's right. I don't have these fan. things committed to memory, you know, like <laughs> I can tell I, I can tell you about dumb stuff that happened to the Lions 20 years ago, but like I can't tell you about stuff something that happened five years ago or four years ago. I was probably covering that game when that happened. Who knows? <laughs> Let's end with our our weekly starting five draft. And for I don't remember the last time I've been able to say this, Joe. But you're on a, you're on a I'm, run. I'm, I'm on a winning streak. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. I, um, I got a lot of beef with everybody, but I'm not gonna. Crap talk the fans, but I got Why? a lot of beef. Crap talking the fans is fun, man. Last you, week, well, you do it, you do it, and you lose fifteen polls in a row. So I'm not <laughs> about to do it. I'm not. I'm not doing that. But I, I was very surprised. Well, tell everybody what the what the final total. Yeah. Well, last week we did best TV couples. If people are, you know, if you missed last week's show, 
I won 56% of the vote to 44, which by the way is, is to me, that's blowout territory for me, at least well, anyway, you, yes. the week before I won by like about, I don't know, 13 votes. It was like 50.7 <laughs> or whatever it was. But, um, anyway, we did best TV couples and I took Jim and Pam from the office, Kevin and Winnie from the wonder years, George and Louise from the Jeffersons, Johnny and Moira from Schitt's Creek and Marshall and Lily from how I met your mother. Joe went with Ricky and Lucy from uh, I Love Lucy, Sam and Diane, Cheers, Mike and Carol Brady, Ross and Rachel, Homer and Marge. This to me, because I remember us talking about this at the end mm -hmm. after we did the draft, and I thought for sure you were going to win. So trust oh, yeah. me, this was an upset. This was, oh, this, it, it, if, this was if this was the NCAA tournament, this was like a, a, a 13 a seed. 14. It was 14. Oh, I was going to go 13 4. I don't think it was quite that big. I, mean, I, I was the 13 one seed difference. I don't care. It just sounds a lot better. <laughs> I, I, I went one higher. What are you talking about? I think with the power of hindsight, I think. Oh, no, I, stick, I stick by my five every time. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. But I'm just telling you that from. I, I read some columns, I, I watched a couple TV shows who talked about our draft. And the critics are saying people write columns about our draft. Yep. And the critic, you know what? Oh, I need to read these. You know what the critics say? Ross and Rachel was a big mistake. Nah. See, I love that people were just like they, they were toxic. Well, yeah. Well, everybody loves a drama bomb. Like that. Like, <laughs> look at the stuff that runs wild on Twitter. People just love bullshit. Like they just love people that just like want to kill each other, but they love each other, but they kill each other. Like the the the, the like I get people hating that. Like we. Like, listen, I'm never defending friends ever, ever, <laughs> ever, I know. never defending friends. Like that's never happening. But like, and my, the point that I made, which probably nobody's going to listen to this either, but like the point that I made was that like, no matter what you say about the show, like whether you loved it or hated it, that couple was talked about everywhere. Like there, how sure. many times were in the cover of like Enter entertainment weekly talked about Ross and Rachel, blah, 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 blah. It was it was nauseating. Like that was part of the reason why I didn't want to get into Friends. It was just like Jesus Christ. Like they're, they they talk about these the, these characters like they're my friends, and I like I I don't like either of them. I don't like anybody on the show. So, but like you have to respect, you have to respect the show, like the the spot in pop culture that they were, which nobody did with any of my picks. Lucy and Ricky, like it's the greatest couple of all time. Greatest couple of all time. And nobody even mentioned Sam and Diane. Like in, in any of her picks, nobody was just I like, love yeah, Sam and Diane. What? Nobody knew? Like nobody cares? People hated on you this week. Couple things. They're fucking jerks. Sam and Diane was. I'm a jerk. I don't jerk. <laughs> Noted jerk. Sam and mm -hmm. Diane was a great pick. Ricky and Lucy, I think maybe young people didn't know or didn't care. No I'll say this, by the way, they, we said best TV couple. I watch, and we'll right. talk about this another time. I watched being the Ricardos this week, the movie, and they weren't a great off-screen couple. They were a great on-screen couple, which has got nothing to do with our poll. I just wanted to throw it out there. I watched that movie. It was pretty with Nicole Kidman. It was pretty uh, mm -hmm. fascinating. I never knew, really knew that story. What a lot of people were saying, you know, we got the usual, you, you guys both sucked, and here's my undrafted free agent list, which that's fun. I mean, as the people- one that got me was people picking- other five couples and be like, these are better than your two. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I, I really don't well, think so. That's the like, fans having fun. I get it. I agree. I, you're hundred percent right. Something else I agree with you with. Um, 
I agree with you with. That didn't sound right. But anyway, <laughs> a lot of people were saying that Monica and Chandler were a better couple than Ross and Rachel. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I hate said, that show, but no, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I said during our draft, that was like, if I wanted to lose on purpose, I would pick them. <laughs> because people would be like, you picked a friend's couple, you didn't even pick the, the good one. And then people were just like, oh, you should have picked the other couple. And they were the yeah. good one. Like, shut up. I, I I think that was and, I, and again I think Mike and Carol Brady I, it was a good pick I like the pick and uh, everybody they, it just everybody knows the goddamn Brady bunch I know it just didn't resonate for, I don't know man it just didn't resonate. resonate my ass <laughs> well let's see what resonates with this week draft because we're going to be doing a certified draft of Will Ferrell movies and mm-hmm. uh, let me say this before we we get into our draft and who's you're gonna have the you're gonna have the first pick. Is it me this week? Yeah, because I had I had yeah, the office. Yeah, yeah, you did. I took Pam and yeah, Jim. I felt obligated to do that. Well, yes, you have. I'll say this about Will Ferrell. You and sometimes people you don't really look at it this way, but he's right up there, man, with Eddie Murphy and and Bill Murray and and Dan Aykroyd and mm-hmm. maybe uh, Adam Sandler, like the greatest former Saturday Night Live cast member to go on and become big movie stars. He's right up there. Mm-hmm. with the biggest to ever do it and he's got a shitload of good movies certainly enough that between the two of us we're going to be able to pick 10 i do yeah. want to preface one thing i don't even know if i've talked to you about this but i want to make this really clear before we draft when i say will ferrell movies it's not just a movie that he appeared in like he has to either be the star of the movie or one of the co-stars like right. he, it can't be something that he's had a bit part in like, I'll give you an example for everyone listening, because I'm sure people are going to, if they're not listening, they're going to say, why don't we take Wedding Crashers? Wedding Crashers is about Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Right. He's got a very small part. It was He's the fucking, guy that lives on a couch. Yeah, Chaz, who crashes the funerals. He he fit, he learned how to crash funerals to pick up chicks. Mm-hmm. But my point is, you know, mom, the meat little fuck. I mean, he's got some... Yeah. Funny ass great, lines. Great lines, but, yeah, but he's not the star. Yeah, he's, he's not the star. Theme. He's just got a he's got a very small role in it. So mm-hmm. no movies like Wedding Crasher. Ditto for for Zoolander. You know, that was about Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, and I don't think yeah. he had a a big enough role in it. I mean it's definitely a supporting role, but like I mean right. that's bigger than his role in Wedding Oh, Crasher, Much bigger. But, yeah. yeah, I mean Zoolander, I, I guess you could probably make an argument, but anyway, let's stay away from those. Let's do movies that he's either the star, or one of the co stars. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's in it a ton. So, I think that uh, makes it more interesting because if we're picking out like pop in roles like that are very memorable, then that just makes it way too right. That makes it way too stupid. I Plus, agree. people will pick it apart too. People right. are going to yell at us anyways. That that is the accepted part of the <laughs> people are just going to yell at us for being dumb, regardless. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. All right, man. So you got first pick here, man. Let's uh, let's see what you this do. Is, this is a very easy first pick for me. It's Anchorman. Very I, easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely, it's very easy. Yes, I listen. Your next two picks are probably also picks that should that could be number one. At least I would hope so. I can't always say that when it comes to you because you sometimes go way off the map. But um, <laughs> but like Anchorman is like, find me another movie that's quoted as much all over the place with just like dumb stuff. People that don't even realize they're quoting the movie or quoting the movie. You know, like it's it's such a ridiculous, over the top, insane role, and he's the only person he's the perfect person that that can do that nobody else is going to take ron burgundy and make that a good role nobody there's nobody else that can play ron burgundy and make it as good or better i want to be clear that's number one i want to be clear okay just so Mm -hmm. you don't um you're not confused by what i said i he was anchorman was number one on my board too 
So if I had first pick, I was thinking grief for. I'm giving you grief because I don't think it was an easy pick. It wasn't a slam dunk. It wasn't Tony Soprano taking Best Sopranos characters. I don't agree with that. But it it was it was number one on my board. What a great freaking movie that was, by the way. Jesus, that movie elevated every single person who was in it. All of them. Yes. All of them. (laughs) <laughs> it was a, especially Steve Car- Steve Carell, especially which, by the way, we could yeah. get to a point where we might be able to do one of a draft with him pretty soon. Steve Carell, Paul Rudd, like yeah, come you know, on, like man. every everybody in that movie was like they were all they great. Up, even like uh, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn was like had like what three scenes in it. Yeah, him and him and Will Ferrell just going at each other <laughs> in every scene is amazing. It was, it was good, it was good. All right, so I got two here. First one I'm going with, and this is why I said it, because this was like my 1B, is uh, okay. Step Brothers. Yeah. I, I love Step Brothers. Brennan Huff, John C. Riley is Dale Dobek. I Dude, <laughs> I still, that, that was 1B for me, man. That's why I said this wasn't yeah. so easy. I, I feel like you don't, you don't agree with that whatsoever, which is. No, I mean, Step Brothers, listen, if you left Step Brothers on the board, I'm taking it. The, immediately right after that um but like is that character better than anchorman like i think it, it, i think stepbrothers benefits he he's benefited more by john c Riley being equal or greater than him to the you know to the task because they're such idiots together like any anything that they're paired up in it's freaking hilarious it is that um, that might be by the way that might be a top five most rewatched movie for me, man. I yeah. probably have watched Step Brothers a million times. Yeah, I'm not saying Will Ferrell is like the star, but it is a movie he starred in or co-starred, man. So it's eligible, yeah. and I'm all over that. Catalina shit. wine mixer, you know. <laughs> well, it was an F word, man. <laughs> Goddamn. But uh, all right. So I here, and here's my second pick, and this one is an easy. But um, I, I gotta go Talladega Nights. Yeah. The legend I, of Ricky I, I Bobby. Kind of thought man. You were going that way. His character in that is so funny. He he's so good at taking a character and just making it so ridiculous. I don't want to say mm-hmm. it's believable because it's certainly not believable. But there's so many memorable lines and, and moments from that movie, man. Um, mm-hmm. It's another one I could just watch over and over. Don't really need to say much more than that, man. Fucking Ricky yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Oh yeah, Talladega Nights. Ricky. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Talladega <laughs> Knights and Step Brothers. That's going to put you on the clock for two. I do think now this should start to get a little bit harder. It's going to get hairy soon. Uh, hopefully right after my next two selections because because uh, if it gets – if I, I think if I left either of these movies on the board, uh, I would be in serious trouble because then I – Cause then you could rightfully accuse me of trying to trying to pick like the critic favorite movies. And then be like, no, sometimes you have to go with the crowd. Sometimes you have to just be like, no, that's actually the best thing, which uh, my next two picks are, are old school. Mm-hmm. He's Frank the tank. And I think this, I was worried that you were going to say that old school would fall under that. He's not the main guy in the movie, but I was like, mm. That's like there's three stars in that movie. Yeah, basically. he's 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 one of the he's equally as important as anyone else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So I like old school. Like the Frank the Tank character is probably a little bit too identifiable <laughs> to people our age. <laughs> oh, <laughs> way was, too. Oh, I, I can't. You know, I just can't get into it. Then he's streaking. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's doing he's doing like uh, keg stands and he's just being a maniac. Like, yeah. Before you make your okay. next pick, before you make your next pick, I, okay. I want to say something. 
These first four for me were on a separate level. After this, I don't yeah. know that it's quite clear and cut and dry. If I think old school was easily the top four, and I probably, mm-hmm. if I struggled with one thing, it would have been that or Talladega Nights with my third yeah. pick. So it could have went either way. I just happen yeah. to like Talladega Nights very, very slightly more. But anyway, to me, the first four were very obvious. Now, yeah. I just didn't know what order. Now I'm not, at this point, I don't know. I like, I don't know what you're taking now. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're saying that because the next pick is Elf. Okay. I don't I, like Elf that he's, much. He, well, I, I'm not the biggest Elf fan either, but he drives the movie. <laughs> he drives the movie. He's freaking he insane. Like he's just, he's. He's basically playing a five-year-old in a giant human body <laughs> through that whole movie. And it's, you know, like that's, it's, it's a softer version of Will Ferrell. Like old school is the more adult version of Will Ferrell. I think, you know, Anchorman's kind of that way too. Elf is more like the, uh, you know, he, like you can have kids watch Elf and just be like, ah, it's funny. He's great. If people love him, he's a big goofball. So yeah, I, I but yeah, Elf, I gotta, I gotta sit back and watch Elf again at some point probably not now because it's not christmas <laughs> yeah next i can't be i can't be bothered with christmas stuff right now but yeah i gotta <laughs> i gotta watch it again and just get really kind of soak into it more because it was a movie that it was a little bit past me being interested in like something like that i guess um like a goofy ass christmas movie i'm just kind of like yeah i just kind of roll right. my eyes a lot of the times at christmas movies especially newer ones uh, which I think, I think we I think we discovered that when we did when we did that starting fight. Yeah, but I got my, um, I got crushed. Well, I just, <laughs> you owned me Christmas. My one is like, I, wait, you owe me Christmas month, man. I got fucking true. three weeks. I got my ass. You know, hate weeks. Christmas for it. Yeah, so I do. That's fine. It's but yeah, pick, I, it's a good pick. I you know, I the, I respect the performance of him and Elf because it's it's such an insane role and like he he just does it great. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, so I got two here. That's good. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> begrudgingly big, agreeing. Just like, like, oh, not a big, big elf guy. <laughs> All right, I got two. This is another one where he's a uh, he's a co-star in this movie along Marky Mark. I always will call him Marky Mark. By the way, the other guys. I love this one. movie. Um, right, what was it? Detective Alan Gamble, dude. How could you not pick a movie where? Will Ferrell's a pimp and he doesn't even know that he's a pimp. You know, they never even knew he was a pimp. He's got the hot ass wife. He was so dorky and nerdy, but all the chicks were crazy attractive to him, which Marky Mark never understood. He drove the Prius, dude. That movie was awesome. The Rock was in it. He didn't have a big role. Michael Keaton kept having TLC references throughout the movie. Fucking loved that movie. And I loved, I mean, this isn't about best movies that Will Ferrell are in. It's right. about him. Um, right. But I loved him. And uh, I loved him and the other guys. So I'm going to pick that. And then <laughs> I got to slap this picture up again. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, you won't see the picture. But if you're on YouTube, you will. <laughs> One of my favorite picture promo pictures ever. <laughs> the movie is semi-pro. And it, of course, it's a picture of Will Ferrell naked with just a, just a basketball in front of him. Burt Reynolds-like photo. Yeah, dude. <laughs> again, he was such a fucking ridiculous character. And it was based in the 70s. It was just... The scenery, everything was so cool. Jackie Moon was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Two things that stick out to me about that movie with him specifically was his song, Love Me Sexy. And then there's lyrics that I won't even get into on this podcast because they're a lot more sexually suggestive. But the, the openings of the song that he had a hit record with back in the day was hilarious. And then he was arguing with the referee and he lost his temper 
And the referee called the technical. He goes, fuck you, I'll murder your family. And it was just the way he said it <laughs> and how quickly he did. But, yeah, man, I mean, Woody Harrelson was in there. There are a lot of people in that movie, but for me, far and away, uh, Will Ferrell as Jackie Moon was the star of that. I don't know how that's going to play with fans. I, you know what? This is that one pick where I really don't Whatever. give a shit. I love this movie, so and I love him in it, so I'm going to pick him. You've done three, so you're going to have two more to close yeah, this up. my last, last two here. That... That scene in Semi Pro always makes me think of the scene in old school where they're going around picking up the the uh, the, the, the the plebes, and then like <laughs> Master Puppet starts roaring, and then the van comes tearing around. Yeah. And picks up, he picks up the guy, and, he, and the woman's terrified. Oh, and he's like, "You tell anybody about this, I'll kill you." And she's like, "Oh," and he's like, "No, I'm just kidding. We'll have just him back kidding. later tonight." Yeah. <laughs> like that kills me every time. Mm -hmm. um, that, by the way, was a surreal theater experience seeing old school in the theater because that was one of a handful of times i've seen a movie where the entire theater is just pissing themselves laughing yeah the whole thing. yeah um so okay my last two well i'm gonna go with blades of glory uh whether that's spurred on by the winter olympics coming to an end or not uh blades of glory is an insane role it is for him like <laughs> when you like when you tell people like Will Ferrell's in a figure skating movie, it's like what? What do you mean? As Michael Michaels, <laughs> he's but it's like it's the perfect. That's like the perfect thing to put him in. Just something completely dumb and over the top and silly, and yeah, he's like that's a that's a great role for it him. is. That's a good pick. That, the, uh, that's going to score well too. I predict. I think so. I mean, Semi Pro is going to score well for you too. Like I, you know. There's so much insane shit in that movie too. Like, it, like every movie has to have insane stuff. My my last pick though is I don't know if this falls in with more of a traditional comedy role, uh, but Stranger Than Fiction. That's where good. he's got where he's got what Emma Thompson narrating his life as he walks around, mm -hmm. and, like makes him crazy. Like that's that whole premise is just wonderful. Plus, I mean, if I was walking around all day and had Emma Thompson's voice in my head, I would just be like, oh, this rules. This is this is so good. Um, but yeah, that's uh, like that that role of him just being just like just getting tortured essentially is is great. It's a good pick. I don't know how that'll resonate. Then again, what eh, the hell I mean, do it's I know? probably not going to resonate, but like, listen, the, like Dude, said, sometimes the bottom, you got to make a bottom five is going to be weird. Sometimes you got to make a pick that you believe in for better, or for worse, man. Yeah. All right, so I got the last pick of this draft, and uh, I was I, I, I don't admit, know where you're going with this, honestly. I don't know where I'm going with it either because I was kind of hoping and, and like, I was going to jump on Blades of Glory, and I would have been so happy to do that with the last pick. So I I honestly thought you were going to pick Semi Pro and Blades of Glory back to back, and just completely f me with that. <laughs> I was really like, cool. I am I'm stuck on one of two at this point, and I'm going to pick a movie. That I thought he was really funny and and it's supposed to be like a kids movie, but it turns mm -hmm. into Will Ferrell's kind of becomes a psycho coach movie, um, kicking and screaming. Oh yeah, such mm -hmm. a great movie. He plays Phil Weston, uh, Mike Dick is in that movie, and yeah, he's just this everyday soccer dad, you know, who coaches. He don't know a lot about soccer, but you know, he's just a he's a great guy. And then he kind of mm -hmm. gets competitive and and he starts to go nuts and he starts becoming a coffee freak and drinking those cappuccino and all other crazy coffee shit that he had. And even, and then of course, again, in kids movie, you know, he redeems himself and yada, 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 yada. But he was absolutely fucking hilarious in this movie, dude. Because in fact, here, here's a fun fact, an email address 
to this very day that I still use is uh, the juice box guy. And by what I say by that is he, he started calling Mike Dick. If you remember in that movie, a scene, he, he told him to go get him juice boxes and he starts calling Mike Dick a juice box guy. So I have an email <laughs> that to this day, it's the juice box guy at yahoo.com if anyone ever wants to email me. But um, that might be, <laughs> I was going to say more, but then I'm like, hold on, I might get into a passport yeah, hacking yeah, territory. Yeah, don't, don't dox yourself. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But no, I, I love that movie, the juice box guy. That, that was funny. All right, let me recap these here. Actually, there's a couple that I had written down. They were like in case of emergency picks, which by mm. the way, my list went, uh, the only one that wasn't on my top seven or eight that got picked here um, well, I didn't have Strange and Fiction on my top center mm-hmm. as, as Elf, just because I'm I personally don't like Elf that much, but I know everybody loves Elf. I get it, mm-hmm. and he was really funny in it. So I just I don't know I I, I couldn't do it. But anyway, I, I hope that I hope you're not like summoning all the responses. I to probably this, am. To I the probably tweets am. You're, the, we're gonna get for these. The the couple that I had written down that neither of us took was um the campaign. I don't know if you've seen that with Zach. Uh, what the hell is that guy? Zach name? Efron? No, 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 no. Uh, not not the pretty Zach. The the bearded, ugly ass one who's. Oh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was okay. I thought he was pretty. Yeah, but he was pretty funny. He was a corrupt, shitty politician in that movie. I mm-hmm. thought he was good in that. So I wrote that down. Um, I think and of that the, way more as a, of a Galifianakis movie, really. Yeah, because he's just such an insane person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thing. agree. I agree. A Night at the Roxbury is one that I wrote yeah. down, but. I wasn't a big fan of that either. And and Get Hard, a more, little more recent movie he did with uh, Kevin Hart. I'll, I'll tell you this, Joe, before mm-hmm. we go over these picks. I'm just glad Anchorman 2 wasn't on your list because that mm-hmm. ranks up there with Caddyshack 2 as yeah. uh, awful sequels. Yeah, it's watchable. And it, if, if you're giving it the I best, really if, if you're giving it the best compliment you could possibly give it, you would say it's to- not watchable, it's tolerable. It wasn't, fun. It wasn't good. But here, here's the thing for people who are like, well, Will Ferrell, let me tell you this. From 2003 to 2008, old school, Elf, Anchorman, Kicking and Screaming, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, Semi-Pro, Step Brothers. He did all those movies in a five-year span from 2003 to 2008. Man. That's a run right there, man. That's, that's a sick run. <laughs> that is a, that is, that's a, that is a run. All right, let man. me, re, let me recap these picks for everybody out there. All right, so Joe, who had first pick, he took Anchorman, old school, Elf, Blades of Glory, and Stranger Than Fiction. I took Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, The Other Guys, Semi-Pro, Kicking and Screaming. Final thoughts? Uh, I don't know what to predict. I don't I either. I, like last week has broken me from trying to predict anything. I don't know how anything works anymore. So thank, thank you, uh, fans of the show, for breaking my brain that's it's really cool <laughs> <laughs> by the way last can you believe how fast this month and this year's already gone this is the last friday show of february next friday oh we're already God. in march man it's shamrock run weekend in buffalo next uh next weekend march 5th i i will not be participating in that because i don't run oh, i ain't running either i ain't running <laughs> who said i ain't running <laughs> <laughs> Now, right. if anybody wants to like to get the post show beer after the run, yeah, I'm there for that. But like running, it's absolutely not.